Hello there, and welcome back to the Senate Podcast. This is the recap of last week. So what we're going to do is we're just actually going to jump right into it. So we're not going to really talk about anything except for the winners and kind of the decisions we had last week and why we why we thought things should have won or why they didn't win. Because I'm pretty sure in the meantime, I've been playing the same games. Is there anything significant you've been playing that you want to get out of the way? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I did pick up Genshin Impact. been playing that for a bit, but everything else is pretty much the same. Okay, tell me, tell me a little bit about Genshin. Okay, so Genshin Impact is Because I'm just genuinely curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, in basic terms, it's a free-to-play version of Breath of the Wild with gotcha elements. Um, and they do have, like, you have a four-person team that has elements of, you know, air, fire, water, whatever, and they just synergize depending on what team comps you have. Okay, so side note, is it anything like Immortals Phoenix Rising? Mm, I've only heard bits and pieces of Immortals Phoenix Rising, but that, I think, has got more of like a Greek undertone. Yeah, I actually played it. It was, um, it was a lot of fun. The worlds kind of look similar. Sure. I mean, it's got nice, vibrant colors. Um, definitely the atmosphere looks very similar. But I think the main thing is, instead of focusing on just one character, you're focusing on, at, at minimum, four that work you know, well in tandem with one another. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's cool Genshin's free. Um, yeah, so zero dollars to play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Those games have really been popping off. Um, another game that's been popping off, we're definitely going to get into it. It's a game I've been playing for the last two weeks, um, God of War. So I'm a few hours into it, and the, really the only thing I have to say now is I absolutely love playing as Atreus. Yeah, it's definitely a nice change of tone compared to, you know, I guess the, the brute um, grit that Kratos usually has when you play as him. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love just being a beast mm-hmm. and grabbing beasts and ripping them in half, but... right. Whenever I, I started playing as Atreus and I did the, the same dodge moves that you can do as Kratos, where Kratos tucks and rolls, mm-hmm. Atreus kind of spins out of the way. Yeah. And he his character just feels... It feels better to me to play as, because you can... You you have his up-close, you know, melee you know, combat, but also his ranged combat feels so much better than Kratos's, And it just works. So... I. I, I still have a lot more to experience in the game, but so far, Atreus, absolutely love his gameplay. Yeah, and just even the way his story plays through, like, without spoiling anything, there's a particular scene that comes to mind that it almost feels like an uncharted level of chaos where things are happening and you're like, how did it get to this point? But Wait, now wait, have- are you talking about the train? No, actually not that one. That one was mainly you playing as Kratos, just yeah. doing quick time event. It's further up ahead. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm so excited. The game is amazing. Oh, absolutely. All right. We're going to have a lot to say about these games, but the Senate podcast, we're coming out weekly, bi-weekly, really whenever we feel like it. We're trying to stay topical and just put out episodes that coincide with something going on within pop culture 
or gaming or, or anything that's just kind of relevant that we can give our, our thoughts on. Now, we, we are going to have some episodes coming out that are going to be kind of like think pieces in a way. I have one coming out on the first and hopefully one coming out next week that are more think pieces. But this is going to be more of a recap of the Game Awards. Because I know last episode you and I did where we turned the Game Awards into a game, it it went long and we covered a lot of games. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot for me and you who know no games, but listening back to it, it was a lot of information. So with this, we're going to just start by running through the categories, showing who picked what and who won what, and we are going to rank or not rank. We're going to uh, go back and score to see who won. Have you have you looked at the scoring at all? Um, not a lot. I want to try and keep it as fresh as I can, just so you know, kind of a little bit more of like, oh, I have a chance, and a little bit more personal hype. Okay, so with that being said, it came down to the wild card picks. Yeah, because I was I was scoring it, and it came down. To the where we wager our points, you know, ruined my shot or ruined your shot if we would have got them right or wrong. So it kind of all came down to that because I think me and you did pretty good with the actual scoring of the games. So first category we actually scored was most anticipated game. Yep. Let's see. I picked Starfield and Hogwarts Legacy. You picked Hogwarts Legacy and Breath of the Wild. So, how do you want to do this? Um, I think we already talked about how we felt. I think the best approach would be we get to the the winner, and then we reflect on how our decision either is parallel to that or why we. Feel I got like, you. Yeah. Okay. Well, you won this one, so uh, you take you take over from here. Okay. Yeah. Took the yeah. I picked Legend. You took Zelda. the dub. <laughs> yep. So far. But um, yeah, I I felt like there was a lot of buzz and hype for this overall. Um, I just felt like there was more traction for this than Hogwarts, um, which is why, in particular, that stood out the most to me. But I mean, this was personal pick, anyways. I'm just glad that uh, the community matched that particular um, reflection. Yeah, and and I should have definitely picked that. I picked Starfield <laughs> because I I I saw all the Xbox going crazy, so. I was thinking maybe Starfield was going to pull ahead, but anytime I was going to say anytime a Zelda game, but not really. I mean, Breath of the Wild is 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 huge. So that was that was honestly an easy two points that I can't believe I didn't even score anything on. Yeah, and that was just one of my ends. So right now the score is um, one to zero in my favor. Yeah, you you're up you're up right now. All right, next category: best adaptation. <laughs> Let's see. I I picked Sonic and Arcane. You picked Sonic and the Cuphead show. And mm-hmm. I actually thought you were going to pull ahead on this with the Cuphead show because that was a great pick. But this was one of the biggest actually upsets of the entire show. Huh. Is the fact that I won this one with Arcane. <laughs> and I remember because when we were going over it, you kind of were shocked that I picked that. I mean, I was mainly shocked mainly because you don't have enough, I mean, no offense, enough 
no, the I background don't. of that don't. arcane League of Legends um, experience. I mean, you said that was personal or um, what you expected? That was what I expected. Sonic is, of course, my personal bias. Anytime Sonic's in something. Um, yeah. I, mean, I can't, I picked... I can't b- give up on my boy. <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, I went with Sonic as what I anticipated just because a lot of people had good things to say about that. Uh, Cuphead was just a personal pick, and it seemed like it did it right. But, um, I mean, Arcane, it's an adaptation in a sense. It's like a prequel. It's not bad in any way. I just thought that the other candidates could have been more, um, for, you know, well-versed for that. And I guess, like you said, there was an upset over it. I guess the, the community agreed to an extent. Yeah, that was that, that's what makes it fun because – that was a risk for me to do that, and I I that can't believe that I actually got points from that. Yeah, how about that? So we're All tied one one. Right. <laughs> Until this next category. Yeah. One of our favorites, debut indie game is the category. We love indies. So on here you had Vampire Survivor and Neon White. Both mm-hmm. probably two of the best indie games to come out in the last few years. The others on the list were Norco, Tunic, and Stray. Don't know anything about Norco, even if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, Tunic, you know, you will see a theme throughout the episode where Tunic just gets overlooked, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It is a good indie game, but... Yeah, definitely. Then there's the winner. I doubled down on Stray and won, so I got four points here. So this put me ahead, for sure. Yeah. Now, Stray... I put straight down because of the pure production value of the game. It's like a triple-A game, but it's an indie. So that's why I put it. Is it the best indie type of game? No, I would actually probably give that to Vampire Survivors. But what do you think about Stray winning over Neon White or Vampire Survivors? Because you you uh, you have you know a lot of opinions about those two games. Yeah, um, going with Stray, it's not a bad pick, and I've seen the Steam reviews definitely putting it at like 97, 98% rating, so it definitely has a lot of praise for it, um, and even now it's on the PlayStation Extra, so people are able to experience this game. Um, I just, like I said, have a personal preference to roguelites, so that's why I went with Vampire Survivors, and then I expected Neon White to win only because... It's got a, you know, a rooted community of speedrunners. And I know, you know, indie games have like a wide variety of, you know, demographic. I just thought maybe the speedrunning community would have a bigger voice and impact than Stray. Because Stray seems more of one of those, like, it takes two kind of games where you're in it for the emotional journey. Yeah. So maybe only people who, you know, want to feel something would play it. Definitely a good game. I just didn't think that people would be that invested in a heartfelt game versus, say, something that would be played over and over again, like Neon White. I think, and I think I tweeted this out a few times too, the Game Awards are really about who can capture the zeitgeist the most. Mm -hmm. And that's what Stray did. Stray and Elden Ring. Those two games, those are the two games this year that captured the the zeitgeist of, you know, whatever. Right. As, as my cat agrees with me as we're talking about Stray. 
It makes sense. Probably be able to hear that in the background. Um, so then, moving on to content creator of the year. Neither of us had any idea what was going to happen with this category. Yeah. Um, I think I should have been content creator of the year, <laughs> but unfortunately, they took Nebellion over me for some reason. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, we split our votes. Me, me and you both picked Carl Jacobs and Nebellion because why not? Exactly. We really didn't have too much to go off of here. <laughs> not at all. And we both took the L on this one, so... Nothing gained, nothing lost here. Lud- mm-hmm. Ludwig won, a Smash Bros. content creator, because for some reason people still watch that type of stuff. I mean, of all the ones on here, I feel like Smash Bros. It does have a demographic behind it, so I can't really say... I'm surprised. I was just thinking, you know, Minecraft being the bigger hype yeah. train. But yeah, I mean, Ludwig, of all of them, I'm glad that he won, because at Me least too. He, he's he good. actually is content Versus, I guess, some of these other people that are more, <laughs> you know, Minecraft or just regurgitating stuff. So Yeah, regurgitating. Yeah, so I think this is a fair pick. I do, too. Um, and it, like I said, nothing gained, nothing lost for us. Mm-hmm. And then that same theme is going to be for multiplayer game. This was a big upset to me. <laughs> Looking back, I mean, even even... Looking back on this, I, I can't believe Splatoon 3 won. Ew. Neither of us picked Splatoon 3 for multiplayer game. We both doubled down on Modern Warfare 2. So we put all of our eggs in one basket, literally. Mm-hmm. And Splatoon 3 won multiplayer game over Modern Warfare 2. I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> Multiverses, good multiplayer game. Uh, Shredder's Revenge, good multiplayer game. Overwatch 2. Literally, I think any one of these could have won ex- over Splatoon 3 except Multiverses. So, what, what do you, was this an upset? Uh, slightly. I slightly. mean, okay. I did mention Splatoon in particular in another category we'll be getting into soon enough, but to keep it abridged, um, Multiplayer usually has some sort of um, capability of having multiple people playing. And I guess if you want to be technical, Splatoon 3 has the most accessible multiplayer because of its demographic. Yeah, yeah. that's probably why I got it. Yeah, Brita M, and then a lot of these are like T14 and stuff like that. But Splatoon is the most accessible multiplayer that I see on this list that's that nintendo power yeah all right and then playstation power coming up next sports and racing games mm-hmm. grand turismo 7 took the dub here so that got me two points mm-hmm. um you and i also picked ollie ollie world which i think you know was probably the runner-up that was a a pretty well-received game this year considering all of these and then your pick your second pick was uh, FIFA 23, which was an amazing pick because, like you were saying, the demographic and just the worldwide, you know, fandom and appeal of this series. Same thing with maybe F1 22, but I think it, I think what pulled Gran Turismo 7 ahead was the pure production value of it. 
which you're going to find in a lot of PlayStation games. So, how do you feel about Ali Ali World getting beat here? I'm not too upset with Ali Ali World getting beat, although I am slightly upset with Gran Turismo 7's picking. I understand where you're coming from with the yeah. production value, but I can't really see too many people, I mean, at least from I'm aware of, take too much hype towards a racing game. I mean, I... Of my opinion, I didn't think Gran Turismo 7 or F122 would be ones that people would like. And I did say before, FIFA is one that has a lot more praise to it. But then again, it is by EA. EA is kind of iffy with their microtransactions. That could be a factor. That's but, honestly, that's a good point. Yeah. That probably has something to do, to do with it. Sure. But even then, I thought maybe even NBA could have been another good pick too. I know a lot of people are into basketball, especially, you know, early spring, just like that March madness fever, but it is what it is. Yeah. Maybe this had something to do with the timing. Um, I, I actually don't like how they do the game awards in early December Yeah, because there's games coming out in December still that have no shot. Yeah. So, and how do you have time to play everything? Uh, the year's not up yet. I think, you know, doing something like a January or February show for the previous year might be better, but then again, they're doing it for the the popularity and getting the views. I mean, speaking of, of the views of the Game Awards, actually, they had over 100 million viewers. Oh, wow. I think la- I think last year there was 80 and the year before that there was like 50 or 60. So this was huge. I mean there was only I got to pull it up on I got to pull it up on Twitter. All right. Jeff Keeley. Because I want to I want to compare this to the Grammys. Okay. The viewership. The viewership is insane. So it's 2022, 103 million viewers for the Game Awards. That is right. insane. Last year was 85, the year before that was 83, and then 2019 was 45. So in three years, it went from 45 million to 103 million people. Wow. Insane. I'm trying to find the the metrics because they compare it to um, the Grammys. I forget who compared it, but blew it blew the viewership for like the Grammys out of the water. I mean, yeah, uh, Warrior sixty four. It has to be him. Uh, let me look him up real quick. Warrior sixty four is my boy. He had a very funny tweet about this. Oh no, it was it was Benji. It was Benji Sales. I think we talked about him in I think I talked about him in episode four or five. Great guy. Follow him on Twitter at Benji Sales. All right, almost I may have to edit this. Mm. This dude tweets so much. Basically I'm seeing there was like an audience of Almost 10 million views for the Grammy Awards 2022. 
Yeah, that's insane. I might have passed it up. But anyways, did you see the ending of the Game Awards where the guy ran up on stage and like, um, what do you want to call it? He ran up, he, the, this random kid ran up on stage and grabbed the mic and started thanking Bill Clinton for stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't really catch up on it. It's just um, caught up with work and stuff. Yeah, so he, he got arrested like right after that. But I, I any, that. anyways, it was such a dumb moment, but so many more people saw that than the Will Smith slap. And a lot of times I don't think people understand the appeal of like the games industry. It is so much bigger than any other industry. Um, like you said, what, 10 million for the Grammys? Yeah, 9.6 million. Yeah, that's nothing compared to 103 million. Oh yeah, a tenth of that. Yes, it's, it's huge. So going on to next category, strategy game. Uh, we both got points here. So mm -hmm. Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope won for best strategy game. I don't know if this is an upset or not. I'm not too familiar with these strategy games. So my question is, how do you feel about a Mario and Rabbids title getting it over Warhammer? It's kind of what I expected. This was my predicted cast. Okay. And although, you know, Warhammer is a real-time strategy. In particular, this um, category says real-time or turn-based. And I know very little about the Mario versus Rabbid series, but essentially you have um, Rabbid versions of the Nintendo Mario characters. So I guess maybe there's some decision-making you would make based off of which particular character you wanted to utilize the most i guess maybe they have yeah. different movesets or something Th that's how it is you're right it's a good it's a good series uh good title yeah you, you have a switch uh if you find the first one pick it up um uh -huh. if you ever get a chance to find the new one on sale i mean it's a how, is it a ubisoft game? who actually makes that i think it's ubisoft, ubisoft that makes that. yeah yeah so you'll probably be able to find it soon markdown so great game not too much to say about this category that was it's a mario title so not surprising yeah what is surprising is the next category family game oh you pick splatoon 3 and nintendo switch sports yeah both great picks i picked lego star wars skywalker saga because i'm biased mm-hmm and I picked Kirby in the Forgotten Land because it is it just looks like a very family friendly game with also you know co-op elements to it. And that actually won this category, and it's the first time a Kirby game has ever won something at the Game Awards. Oh wow. Yeah, so that that's a huge deal for that team. Um and this was a surprise pick, so I don't really think it's an upset, but I'm surprised I got points here and something like switch sports and Splatoon three didn't take it. But is there anything about, you know, the, the winner here that, um, upsets you or, or surprises you at all? 
No, I mean, Kirby was one of those like off picks. It was like between Switch Sports and Kirby. I see Kirby as being, you know, very family friendly, but I didn't really see it as much of a family play type of game. So I guess I'm shocked. But I guess from an overall perspective, it's not the worst pick to, to choose from on the list. Yeah, I think so. I feel like that's a hard category too, because all of them fit the, you know, the description. Sure. All right, uh, fighting game, multiverses, Sifu, and JoJo's. That those were our picks. We both picked multiverses, and then you picked Sifu. I picked JoJo's. Multiverses ended up winning the category, and this is the the team that made multiverses. This is their first game. And they, you know, they did a really good job. And, and the speech that the the team gave at the Game Awards was was a good speech. You know that Warner Brothers was able to take a chance to lend them all of this, all of these IPs to to turn into a platform fighter. Uh, it, it was actually a huge accomplishment that they even were you know managed to pull it off. Let alone get nominated and win. So, in terms of actual fighting games, though, do you think this deserves it over? the others that got nominated. Honestly, this is a solid pick. I <laughs> went with this as my anticipated because it fits the theme spot on, you know, competitive fighting has team-based fighting, but at its core, it's utilizing move sets and different characters, strengths and weaknesses to um, progress, you know, whether that be, I'm not sure if they have a single-player mode, but at the very least, its core mechanics are fundamental, and you could say that they're on par with something like, um, I guess, Nickelodeon's um, All-Star, All-Star Brawl. Battle one. Yeah. Yep. And, and you're right, because it's, like I was saying about the just the various IPs in it, the styles within those IPs lend to like a whole range of different um you know possibilities and combinations because when you got something like sifu you're kind of almost even though it's a great fighting game you're limited to the moveset of your main character right you know even things like king of fighters and jojos you're limited to the roster within that world but multi multiverses is literally different universes of movesets and combinations and possibilities coming together to fight yeah which is one reason that Smash Bros. is so successful. Um, and, you know, Nickelodeon's was was good, but Multiverses is, you know... Notably better, yeah. Notably better, yeah. All right. Next category, best RPG. I think this one... <laughs> there was only one choice, really. And that's Elden Ring. I mean... If Elden Ring is nominated it's pretty safe to pick it. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I don't think either of us have much to say about that. Neither about uh, Triangle Strategy or Live Alive. Pokemon Legends Arceus. So, I I mean, this isn't surprising to me. No, um, it's definitely fair to say that this was an understandable pick. It's definitely got everything you'd expect in an RPG, and it takes that element into a more, 
I guess, customizable route than, say, Pokemon with its... Um, I guess you do have Pokemon's IVs, EVs, but you just have a little bit more immediate control in Elden Ring than having party members fight for you, in a sense. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's actually... Uh, yeah, that's a good analysis of that, really, because I guess in Pokemon, you do have so many layers that you might not even uh, you know know about because they're not like you said they're not on the surface or as you know easy to invest in as oh hey look i got i leveled up i got these points i can invest them Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting so next category action adventure game i doubled down on horizon forbidden west and i lost lost a lot of points here (laughs) this is a great category I love action-adventure games. So the winner, of course, was God of War Ragnarok. I think, you know, another theme is if God of War Ragnarok is nominated, you might want to pick it. So you actually got points here. I didn't get any. So what do you think about God of War Ragnarok as action-adventure? Yeah, I actually went with personal pick Horizon just because the game itself felt more... Actually, I'm not sure which one I picked of the two. It was one of those where uh, Horizon definitely is a, a solid game. It's got it's nice since it came out on launch with the PlayStation Five and gave people like a following story. But yeah, I definitely went with God of War just because it has, um, you know, just as the description says, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. There's definitely puzzles yeah. to deal with, but then the combat gives you like a nice weave of experiences as you play the game um, throughout. I agree. And staying with that theme of action, saying in that same vein, action game, I was all in, not all in, but I really wanted to see TMNT Shredder's Revenge win this. But I also split my vote with Sifu. Then I really looked and saw that Bayonetta 3 was on here and realized I made a huge mistake. <laughs> so you doubled down on Bayonetta 3. And again, you got points here, except you got you got the max amount of points because you doubled down. Great pick. Uh, I, I think that was... I think that was going to... You know, the obvious pick, that was the winner. So anything you want to say about Bayonetta 3? Yeah, I did mention before that Bayonetta 3 is heavily inspired by the Devil May Cry series, and one of the key elements of those type of games is you're you're literally beating up your opponents in as stylish of a manner as possible. So it gives the player like an element of oh, I'm not just defeating whatever's in front of me; I'm doing it with enough you know variation that it makes it a really cool experience. I mean, looking at the other four, Call of Duty is action in it, but I don't think it quite fits the bill because it's so narrowed on shooting. Uh, Neon White, it's got action because you do have to kill enemies to progress, but it's more of like a speedrun type of thing, so I don't know action quite fit that. Sifu, I wanted that to win fighting, so I didn't lean in towards that, and then Shredder's Revenge was just a matter of the game is nice, but it's also got a difficulty curve. I don't think many people would be able to just immediately jump in and play. Yeah, I think it also goes back to the the whole theme of the production value, which 
Bane at a three from everything I see, it's 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 a good game. Now, the biggest upset actually of the entire show was VR game. Ooh. And we're they remember production value. Remember that. Mm-hmm. There were only really two choices here: Among Us yeah. VR and Bone Lab. I split mine between the two. You doubled down on Bone Lab. I think one of those two, especially Bone Bone Lab, should have won. But Moss Book Two actually won, and I think because of the production. That is a PlayStation Productions game. I forget the team that actually made it off the top of my head, but it had to have won this because of the production that went into it. I'm sure Moss Book 2 only sold as little as 10,000 copies. It is probably a giant failure in terms of, you know, money. <laughs> it's I, I'm just very shocked that this won this category. What do you think? This one actually does upset me. I mean, I will say that production probably is an influence as to why this was picked, but in all honesty, um, Moss is one of those games that you would pick up. You know, it's on PlayStation, I think. I'm not sure if it's on any other console in particular. I but, don't think so. So that's even worse. Um, yes. The PlayStation VR is kind of like a niche VR experience for the PlayStation 4 only. It's not compatible with the 5 in any way. So picking this up and playing it on that experience is only for a small Very, audience. very small. And yes. I met. I don't really know too much about Red Matter 2 or After the Fall in particular, but Among Us VR is such a big IP that that in itself should at least be taken into consideration with the amount of attraction gets but bone lab was one of those games that was just so critically acclaimed that is the vr experience yeah it takes it actually it pokes fun in the vr experience itself it's meta it has the most compatible compatible i'm sorry um gameplay and it's not only on the main vr systems but on the oculus quest 2 so it's accessible to anyone who is you know intrigued in vr moss is just on playstation to my knowledge so with that being said i don't see why that would be the best vr experience if only a handful of people can actually pick up and play it yes i I, i'm very shocked by this and we can take a little bit of time on this because the next few we'll just run through kind of kind of quick just because of the nature of the category but you know vr game it's it's not the category isn't PlayStation VR game or no Quest VR game. Mm-hmm. And with VR already being a very niche you know demographic like you were saying having an exclusive on here already just kind of doesn't sit well with me but if you're just talking about their production I haven't played Moss Book 2. I actually really want to play Moss 1 and 2, and I believe they're on sale right now as a bundle. And hopefully if I get PSVR 2 within the next year, I can play them. Uh, they look they look like amazing games, and I'm glad they won, but Among Us actually captured the zeitgeist. Bone Lab is the VR experience, so I'm, I'm just shocked by this. The, the absolute, you know production value of this might be 
something we don't even understand right sure. now because there's something we're missing. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best analogy I could come up with is if you were to say, um, obviously we went over this before, we'll just say best multiplayer. And let's just say instead of, um, what did we say was best multiplayer? Oh, uh, yeah, it was best multiplayer for Splatoon 3. Let's just say it was something off the wall, like um, off the top of my head, uh, Fusion Frenzy for like Xbox. And I'm saying, <laughs> like, okay, throwback. yeah. Yeah, it's throwback, but you get the idea of like, oh, yeah, it is a multiplayer game, but it's only a very specific multiplayer game. Why would something that could only be played on a very specific time frame slash console? you know, Trump over something that has the most positive, you know, acquisition slash reviews for something like, you know, Quest or the other VR headsets. Yeah, VR is something we're going to have to uh, dive into and, and talk about because it's a very interesting uh, niche within the, you know, the industry. Yeah. All right, moving on. Innovation in accessibility. Uh, Ragnarok won that kind of. Mm -hmm surprising but not really um you know it just has a lot of in a, in a you know accessibility features so good for them community yeah. support uh we both lost this one this was a pretty big upset but then again uh, we might just not we were missing something here we're just you know going off our bias takes but final fantasy 14 won this one any thoughts about that uh, it's hard to say. I mean, the Final Fantasy series is a lot more popular overseas, so perhaps it's just an overlook that I thought that their type of you know overseas games would have that much of an influence. But I mean, obviously, I'm staring at the winner in front of me, so I guess <laughs> I was wrong in that thought process. Yeah, me too. Uh, mobile game, Marvel Snap. I doubled down <laughs> on it. It won. Yep. It's it's actually taking off super successful. They have a lot of new features coming out soon where you can add friends and, and battle other other people that you know. Like it's a lot of features coming. I'm excited for it. Um all right. Indie game. Best indie game. Only one of these games on this list that you know, one of these nominees were also nominated for game of the year. So I think it was a safe bet to pick Stray as best indie only because it was also nom nominated for game of the year. Yeah. So is that, a, is that an upset to you? Because I know you had Call of the Lamb as your personal. Not really. I mean, I went with personal pick because I played Call of the Lamb over all these other ones. So that's the one I know the most of. But I kind of was anticipating, you know, Stray to win. I did say before all the positive things going into Stray that would give people the, I guess, the incentive to pick it. So seeing that as the winner definitely matched my prediction. I agree. Now, best ongoing game. Congratulations to the Weebs. Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> took the dub. We both got no points there. Nope. Games for Impact. Also, congrats to the Weebs as Dust Falls won. I doubled down on it. I got... Uh, Four points. You you got uh, two points from it, so uh, we both got points there. Yeah. Now, best performance. Christopher Judge won this. Yeah. And in honor of Christopher Judge, I think we should 
take about an hour alone on this <laughs> on this to just talk. So yeah, make he, sure you play the outro while you're doing that. We'll just continue to talk over it. Dude, he used the outro. Not so they started playing the the music to get him off stage, and he yeah. turned that music into making his speech more emotional. Like yeah. he used it like they were <laughs> it, like it was planned. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, it was one of the greatest moments for the Game Awards. So yeah, I got two points for that. You actually doubled down on Sunny Soljic, which it's funny because Christopher Judge was voted for, for Sunny Soljic because Atreus, you know, his performance as Atreus was amazing. So, do you have any thoughts on Kratos getting it over Trace? Um, I guess if I had to look back on it, Christopher Judge would be considered a safe pick because people love the take on Kratos and God of War. But I went with Sunny as a Trace mainly because it gave more depth to his character. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Kratos in the second game developed, and you definitely see that but it's more or less within the same level of, like, same mold, so to speak. Um, The big brute who has learning to deal with his past transgressions, but Sonny is, like, on a fresh plate. So to give him more personality than just the whiny kid in the first game, I thought that was notable and would be something people would, like, take notice of. I agree, and now playing through the game more, I, I agree with you. I should have split mine between Sonny and, and Christopher Judge. They both did amazing. So, audio design. I picked... I, I thought GT7 was going to take this. Right. You picked Elden Ring and MW2, which also were great picks. My second pick was Horizon Forbidden West. So, we we had four out of the five in this category... Picked. Yeah. And of course, the one that neither of us picked won it, and that was God of War Ragnarok. I'm actually shocked that it won this category. It's hard to say. I mean, one of the things in particular about this is that the, the experiences that you go through in the God of War campaign slash adventure make note of like the different sounds as you you know, fight certain things and, like, have um, certain encounters just stand up more because the audio just hits to that degree. Um, I am shocked, but not disappointed. I mean, I went with the Call of Duty and Elden Ring Call of Duty just because its main, uh, you know, its main priority is gunplay. So having them spend the time that they do on the gunplay explosions and combat, I felt were very you know, honed in, then Elden Ring was just more of a manifesting something that normally wouldn't be um, tangible and making um, sense of it. But then again, God of War does the exact same thing. So that argument could be applied to God of War as well. I agree. I think it's just Ragnarok is is really a, a marvel. I mean, it's oh, it is insane. All right, score and soundtrack. We split ours between Metal Hellsinger and God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok ended up winning this one, and I think mostly it was because of the score, because the score specifically in Ragnarok is amazing. Yeah. Not surprising to me. Do you have any thoughts on it? No, nope. I mean, 
I guess it makes sense because I went with Hellsinger just because its whole theme is music, but then again, it borrows songs from, you know, already known and established artists, whereas God of War took everything from scratch. Um, I was on the fence between God of War is Expected versus Elden Ring only because, um, like, Elden Ring has a nice soundtrack too but god of wars has the like i said the blend between greek and norse elements in their score i agree now art direction we had very interesting takes for this specific category mm-hmm. i picked straight in elden ring you doubled down on scorn i think that was very risky yeah obviously but I, I really liked your reasoning for it. I'll just say Elden Ring won, so I got two points here. I think, personally, that was... Uh, Elden Ring is, you know, a, a, you know, a feat, an absolute you know, behemoth when it comes to the specifically the art direction. However, I think Scorn also is, but it just got overlooked. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, one thing I loved about the art direction of Scorn was just the direction it took, but then again, looking at this now, seeing how um, a current theme that we have throughout these award-winning stuff is that the um, the ones that are nominated for Game of the Year are usually going to be the safest bet. Yeah. Um, Elder Ring just takes that direction of manifesting grotesque and even unworldly creatures that um, obviously would never exist in real life, but I don't know. I'm not disappointed at all. I think Elden Ring was a very good pick. I just felt you know, a solid attachment to Scorn just because of... You know, that's a... That's... That doesn't come around very often. No, especially the hype behind that too. It was surprising when people were talking about it. It didn't score as well as it was expected to, but I think it still hit the marks that it was aiming for. I agree, and that goes back to the zeitgeist. So, next category is Best Narrative Game. Pretty um, standard right here, God of War Ragnarok 1. We both picked God of War Ragnarok for this. Yeah. I think in terms of narrative, it, it goes uh, back and forth between Plague Tale and, and Ragnarok for this. Even Forbidden West is a good choice, but Ragnarok, you know, absolute monster of a game. Not very surprising. Do you have any thoughts on this one? Not really. I mean, God of War is what I anticipated a yeah. win. It definitely just hits everything right. Um, I, my take on Horizon was just having a duality in past-slash-present storytelling and having them interweave. I thought that was something that would be taken into consideration. Yes, that's this- a very good analysis of that. I remember when we were doing the last episode and you brought that up. Yeah. That changed my mind um, on kind of the whole category of narrative because it's it's not just point A to point B narrative. Right. Horizon Forbidden West, you know, and you can elaborate on this, but it has that narrative of from A to B and from C to D, you know, past, present, future. So I'm not sure exactly what they were looking for in narrative, or maybe it was just the zeitgeist in this sure. category. 
But yeah, touching a little bit back on Horizon, it's not so much point A to point B. It's more like um, you're on your way from point A to point B, but in between, you'll see stuff that happened. We'll say numbers as the past. You'll see like from three to A. And then it's like, oh, okay. And then as you continue, you might see like four to B. And then you reach B and you're like, oh, okay. So that's context that, you know, gives that journey a little bit more impact. Yeah. And I heard at God of War, when you start exploring, it, it does that very well too. So, yeah, the uh, side I think... story in God of War. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but God of War side yeah. story is very fleshed out. So I think maybe that's what pulled it ahead in, in, in this category. So, game direction. Elden Ring won this. I think that was pretty safe for a mm -hmm. game direction because, you know, this is a FromSoft game and it's a completely new direction for a FromSoft game as opposed to God of War being just a an improvement off of the last one, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on Elden Ring winning game direction? Yeah, definitely spot on. It takes, you know, something intangible and then gives it life. Um, I did say Stray, which was the uh, Blue 12, only also because um, the direction of, I guess, the cat's journey is definitely something noteworthy. But looking back at um, Elden Ring, it takes more with what it has than what Stray offers in its world yeah this is you know this is about to this is where the fun begins this is where it's gonna get gonna get crazy because we're gonna yeah. really talk about elden ring and how much of a impact it made because we're getting to game of the year and how about you just do this one yeah take a back I mean, seat. so me and caleb both have a split between god of war ragnarok and elden ring we stated our reason and justification throughout the different categories, but it ended up being Elden Ring, and it's actually kind of a safe vote because God of War and Elden Ring are like the top two. And noticing this, I guess, observation, you see everything that's being offered between Elden Ring and God of War but I think I made this point before about just having more develop out of it than what God of War provides, mainly because Elden Ring has a Dark Souls IP, but they made it even bigger. And that is a noteworthy change versus God of War, keeping a very similar formula, just improving on it. I agree. I, I obviously had Ragnarok as my personal. Mm -hmm. I was split between Horizon Forbidden West and Ragnarok. Now, Ragnarok won so many of these oh, yeah. categories already. I was, you know, certain it was at least going to be the runner-up for this because Elden Ring really captured the zeitgeist back in February. So it had the whole year of of talking and uh, videos and exploring. I mean, like me, people were still playing God of War Ragnarok. You know, so I'm not saying it was just because of timing, but Elden Ring really captured the zeitgeist. And I mean, it's a well-deserved, you know, dub for them. Glad that, I'm glad that it won. Oh, yeah. This this year had some great 
great nominees. I mean, seeing Stray up there for Game of the Year is awesome. Oh, yeah, that's surprising to see on, like, of the year. Yeah. Yes, so I'm, you know, happy about that. All these are great games. So we both got points for that. Right now, where the points stand, I would have to get a majority of my points wrong for the wild card picks, and you would have to get a majority of them majority of them right. Yeah. So what we can do is we'll start with you. You can go through and read off your wild card picks, and we can uh, we can see which ones you got right. Okay. Yeah. So these were very broad, but since we didn't really have much structure on how we wanted to do it, it was I guess permitted for the game, but. My low risk card was just having some sort of surprise guest showing up, something that wasn't listed in the, I guess, announcements. Like they do have um, trailers and commercials, but just someone who was like, oh, he wasn't supposed to be here or she wasn't supposed to be there. And who was it? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't follow up on it, but you probably know who that was Al Pacino. Oh. He showed up at the yeah. very beginning to present the uh, Best Performance Award. How about that? And it was it was in, an insane moment. So you got a point right off the bat. Nice. All right. What's your medium uh, value? All right. So this one is just a new IP reveal because these um, game awards usually have some sort of filler where a producer company or what say will just say, hey, while you're looking at this, you can look forward to seeing you know, this down the road. And I thought it would be, okay, they're just going to do a new IP to, you know, show, hey, this is the next project we're taking into 2023. Yes, and I'm excited because we're going to do another episode on all of the announcements and new IPs mm -hmm. because there's no way we can do this and fit just everything that was shown in there. But I will say the new IP that was revealed was a Ken Levine game. Oh, so he's back. What is it? Ghost Studios. Um, that sounds familiar. I think I saw that floating around on the internet. Yeah. the The game is called um, Judas. It hmm. looks like a, a futuristic space Bioshock game. It looks so good. So you got a three points for that, and then your high value wild card pick, which was a a wild moment. I can't believe you got this. <laughs> yeah. So in the loosest sense, I said some <laughs> sort of cosplay showcase. And the intent behind this was having some sort of like costumed performance and just something that would show, you know, people in costumes and I guess some sort of like display. Personification so, of, a, of a game. Right. Something yeah. manifesting a, yes. a video game character. So I'll let um, Caleb. Uh, so I'm watching this. I'm watching the Game Awards, and out of nowhere, Crash Bandicoot runs out <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Literally, like Crash Bandicoot, like a full, full on real life. And I look at that and I'm like, "Wow, Andy really pulled it off." <laughs> yeah. So you got you got all of your wild card picks. That was phenomenal to hear about that too. Yeah, that that was amazing. You because when you said that for your high value, I'm like, wow, you are really going putting, in. You're really going hard on this, and you got bailed out by Crash Bandicoot. Love it. So you got all your points. That puts you at 35 points total. 
So we'll get into my wild card picks and then we'll tally them up. Yeah. My low value wild card pick for one point was just the Suicide Squad Kills at Justice League release date trailer. And I can't believe I was actually spot on on that. I was spot on. They kind of made a tribute to um, Batman in this in this trailer. It was a, it was showing kind of Batman stalking uh, the Suicide Squad, and they they made like this whole tribute to Kevin Conroy as Batman in it because what was that two three weeks ago he passed mm-hmm. away so they had an announcement saying that this is going to be his last performance as Batman mm. um, is going to be in the Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League game but they had a release date for it I believe it's May okay I want to say May yeah all right another game was uh, Jedi Survivor Gameplay reveal, which was my medium value one for three points. I got that. They showed the first real uh, gameplay for the game, and they actually had a release date for it. It's coming out in March, so pretty quick. Um, the game looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Looks absolutely amazing. So I got that. Those three points for my medium value. And then last thing of the show, well, last thing of our show, yeah. My high value wild card pick for five points. This right here is where could have ruined my whole, you know, ruined Score. everything I had going. Hideo Kojima's next game. And I said it's either going to be Death Stranding 2 or Overdose, which was rumored. It's It was revealed as DS2. And that's actually a working mm-hmm. title. So that's Death Stranding 2 apparently isn't the official title right now. There's no official title. So, but yeah. it is a sequel to Death Stranding nonetheless. So it looks like the most next-gen, most impressive game I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, yeah. So I got the five points from that. So my, my wildcard picks were gameplay-related. And like I said, we're going to have an episode talking about specifically the announcements like Judas... Suicide Squad, Jedi Survivor, um, Death Stranding 2, all of these games, Final Fantasy, everything. So I ended up getting all of my wildcard picks, which put me ahead. So are you ready for the final scores? Yeah. You had 35 points, and then I pulled mm-hmm. ahead at 49 points. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, I didn't expect to lose that badly, but I mean, it is what it is. Yes, I would have had to lose my my high value and medium value i think what helped is that you have a more i guess understanding like a more specified understanding of what to that too yeah like you're more in tune to that than i am like i have more of like a i guess anticipation and hope and hype but you have more grounded um opinions and stuff that would manifest obviously in the picks yeah show. and that that makes it fun because we have completely different um you know reasonings and some and that you know comes to similar outcomes sometimes um but then that comes to very very different outcomes like you picking scorn for example or yeah. um bayonetta three and and your cosplay showcase uh wildcard pick so that makes it fun yeah so what we can do is just end up uh, wrapping the video up here 
wrapping the show up with our final thoughts on the 2022 Game Awards. And what I'll do is I'll give my quick thoughts and then I'll have you end the show. All right. Uh, Jeff Keighley did an amazing job this year, specifically with not having it completely, not having the games and the devs and the awards be overshadowed by announcements and, and promotions like level infinite stuff from last year. This show was more concise, even though you had people like Christopher judge go on and on. Um, it was more, it was more concise. It had a great mixture of actually showing off the awards, which we were there for versus the announcements, which brought the views in. So this was, this was in my opinion, the best game awards that, we've had so far with a lot of amazing, you know, new reveals and announcements that we're going to get into. So I'm very high on the show. I give it, I give it, um, I give it a solid a, I give it an a, it's not an a plus. It's not perfect. Not a 10 out of 10, but it's, I give it a nine out of 10 at least. Okay. Yeah. And I guess I'll just wrap things up. Um, I wasn't actually one to watch through the show, but I love the structure in the, categories that they had and the picks that they had had reasoning to it that may not have been what I would have picked but having them line up as a roster definitely showed research on the on the games being utilized um, there are some categories which we won't talk about but for the most part everything else seemed like it took you know um opinions and feedback from the community and manifested themselves as potential picks um as actual picks some of them made <laughs> sense some of them didn't yeah but overall it was definitely a fun experience just rooting for certain games just to get that win i 100 percent agree so thank you for participating in this and and getting completely demolished. Yeah, I mean, if this is what it takes, I guess um, <laughs> this is what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, you did sign up for it. So that's our thoughts on the Game Awards. And like I said, we'll be back with you know some follow-up, but very, very good show. So until next time, uh, have a good one, Andy, and I'll see all of you guys later. Yeah, catch you guys later.